0: This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry.
1: The section on pages 189 to 90 is nicely titled of the double use of the law. Um, and let's just ask some simple questions here (laughs) simple and in some ways not so simple Uh, what is the first use of the law? what does it do? restrain 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 in what way?
2: Uh, it motivates selfishly you might say Mm -hmm. I don't want punishment I don't want penalties so I don't do that but that's wickedness in the world because of it
1: Right, but it, we repeat that. It lets it lets wickedness in the world.
2: Less, Less. Oh,
0: lessons. Okay, lessons. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I don't think it motivates. I no wouldn't use that verb. well Luther, Luther says, so Luther says, uh, I do it not willingly or for the love of virtue, but I fear the prison, the sword, and the hangman. It's a motivation by fear. Okay, that fear. Yeah. 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 We don't. Yeah. Negative motivation. Mm. It's not grotivation. The bridal. <laughs> it's not grotivation? Words. Grotivation. Yep. Oh my gosh. Grotivation.
1: What a disgusting word. <laughs> Sorry, I hope that's not a, a,
0: a favorite word. I know it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's why I said, so I think I originally said self motivated. Or motivated by selfish means or whatever. Mm. Luther also seems isolated to wicked men. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And, and, and what is the key to that? I mean, why, why would it be restricted to wicked men? Because here?
2: righteous people wouldn't have need for it.
1: Mm. So people, you mean in, in sense of a civil righteousness? Or wouldn't have need of,
2: a, of the law. Mm. I mean, as I'm reading it here, it seems to be limited. He's only talking about the, the wicked men that have need of it.
1: But there, it's it's curious that he includes the work of the the first use of the law to be not only you know government officials and magistrates, but parents. Parents, you know? this is this is the work um, that you're also doing with your children. Um, you probably use the first use of the law with your child all of the time. Um, so, therefore, I don't think it, I think wicked is um, in response to the fact that the clearest way to see the first use of the law is that it restrains us from committing murder or um, you know, giving in to the grosser impulses in ourselves that would um, clearly be detrimental to society. But I, I don't think it's limited to just that. Um, it seems to me that the first use of the law is a way of restraining any sin that works outwardly. Does that seem like a fair description of it? Yeah. And I think the image of chains is good because to give that sort of negative motivation because in a sense you can say these chains are, are, are keeping me here. Um, but it's not a positive reason for doing this thing other than just saying, I know I'm bound here because of this law. We'll come to the question in a little bit of how we relate the first and the second, but let's get the second one out here. Why do we need the second use of the law if we have the first use of the law? What do they do differently?
0: Second shows my actual need, that I'm in in need of something. Mm. First one just sort of keeps me at bay. Mm. Second shows me I need. The
2: the first is horizontal and the second is vertical, right?
1: I think there's, that's a a distinction I think I'm starting to lean towards, um, particularly the, the distinction between inner and outer. Um, because with regard to the first use of the law, it is restraining your actions outwardly towards others and in ways that you would harm yourself. Um, so you think of all the different ways that the government tries to keep us from hurting each other, um, from the ways that a parent tries to keep their child from burning themselves on the stove, um, you know, school teachers, whoever it might be, they're all trying to restrain these various things that we might relate to, the outer man or the horizontal, horizontal life. But we can fall into a trap there of thinking, well, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't, you know, as a little child, I didn't touch the stove today, having a pretty good day. Um, and then it seems to me when Luther moves to the second use of the law, he pulls out particularly um, the Pharisees, People who would have been down with their own self-righteousness because they wouldn't have seen um, the outward problems. They would have thought, I'm living this rather righteous life. So where the first use of the law (coughs) restrains you, and in so doing, it shows you your transgressions outwardly, the second use of the law has to come down to thunder into your heart to show you that whether um, you have those First use of the law issues, big or small, they're all rooted in the sin, in a problem of the heart.
2: So you just said both uses of the law address the problems that are rooted in the heart.
1: Um, I think the first does, in so far as it could point you to the source of the issue, but all it's I think all it is doing is just restraining. The outward self yeah because that
2: would involve exposure mm-hmm. which right. typically I don't associate with the first, with the first wall. yeah because it's the so it's wall second it's simply restrained mm-hmm. it's not the light the searching aspect
0: of it yeah. I think that's where the when a, I like, could be wrong and that's why I'm here mm-hmm. 45 minutes ago or an hour ago we were talking about the chain metaphor and when you're chained it starts to kind of show hey I'm a prisoner mm-hmm. and that's more of a State rather than I can't go these places. Like you start to feel its internal message.
2: Yeah, your being begins to be revealed. Not yeah. I'm in prison, but I am a prisoner. Right. I can't go these places, but I'm right. stuck on the house. Yeah,
1: know? It, you know he says the, the restraint of the first law shows plainly enough that they which have need of the law, as all they have are without Christ, shows that they are not righteous, but rather wicked and madmen whom it is necessary so to bridle that they sin not. And precisely what that shows then is that the law doesn't justify you, because it's just holding you in place there. So do you think the sort of distinction that Luther made in the freedom of a Christian between inner and outer or active and passive, horizontal and vertical, um, make sense of the distinction between the first and second uses of the law.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. He says on page two ninety eight of this document, he says the first use then of laws is to bridle, bridle the wicked. Mm. That's just a quote.
2: Yeah, that's where
0: I'm um, coming down to, Paul. Which is,
2: yeah, there's some connection here, but it's not a one-to-one correlation because mm-hmm. the first use lost for Christians too, and you pointed out it's for parents, not just magistrates. And I don't think it's just for the wicked tree. I think for sure it got to work.
1: Yeah, it's so for, it's for the wicked tree and all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, Luther's simile. Yeah, ever bring lost. Bring in. And it is for the wicked. Who are the wicked? Isn't it for the Christian that the first and third use are kind of
0: conflated?
1: And- We're gonna we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, when we'll we'll come to when we get to page one forty seven. Um, so to hold that thought for a minute. Um, you know, I, I Dave, the example you brought up earlier with the phone. Um I don't, like what guy doesn't have some sort of Struggle like that, um, but that is that—that that is the part of you that is not in Christ. <laughs> you know that is you in so far as your life is still just lived in the flesh. Um, therefore, the first use of the law always has to be there for us. Always has to be there for the person who is a Christian in so far as they are not in Christ. And I think that <clears throat> I think that always has to be put out there that. The law, Christ frees you from the law, um, but you're still in the flesh.
0: Yeah, insofar as you are in Christ, you are free from the law. Yeah. Insofar as you are not in Christ, you are not. Because
2: Christ is the end of the law. So if you're in Christ, and And to no mean disputations. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because that, but that's particularly in reference to clearing it out of your conscience. Not out of your life. Like, 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 mm-hmm. Your conscience,
2: the law does not belong to your conscience. It belongs to your members, mm-hmm. your outer man. So you bring that back up. Let's use outer and inner. The outer man's active righteousness only follow the passive reception
0: mm-hmm. to the inner
2: man. That's why I'm not sure the first use of the law follows to the outer man, mm-hmm. because the outer man is subsequent to the inner man. There's got to be a symbol before we can get to the outer man. Hmm. There's got to be Eustace. You you follow what I'm saying? Am I wrong? Where am I
1: wrong? Uh, I think I see what you're saying. I I probably need to to hear it again.
2: I may be wrong here because I don't think often inner and outer like Luther does um, where the inner man receives the passive righteousness of Christ Mm -hmm. and the outer man has the active righteousness of Christ to offer to his neighbor but there's that specific sequence mm-hmm. and so now we bring the uses of a law over towards that and to say that the first use is according to the outer man the second use is according to the inner man to me seems to seems to be a non sequitur mm-hmm. because the outer man doesn't appear until there's first been uh, the receptive life the reception yeah. the inner man so the first use just is on man, not inner and outer, but just on the wicked. Yeah. The part of us that remains sinful, whether in our natural state or in our regenerate state, is sin continued. Well I, is I it, don't know that I could make that bridge over and say
0: Is it that the outer man doesn't appear? Or is it that yeah, the outer he is doesn't undistinguished
2: appear until the regenerate, until there's until the reception well, of Christ. I mean he's there, he's just
0: undistinguished from the inner man. Or the after the reception
2: of the Spirit, after reception of Christ. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because right.
1: oh. it's only in, in the reception of the Spirit that you have this battle that starts in you... Right, right. And so and the I,
2: first I, use of the, the law, which is for sinners and believers alike, mm-hmm. regenerate and unregenerate both. Presumably, Perfect. the unregenerate don't have the out of man. There is no act of righteousness that they're offering their neighbor, because they're not regenerate. So, I thought the inner were only outer man they didn't have an inner man. They do he's
1: just dead. And I, and I guess that just des- yeah. it's determin- that will be determined on how far we want to follow Luther's use of Paul's um, language of inner and outer. Cuz I don't think I don't think right. I don't know I don't think Luther takes it.
2: I don't think think of it that far. Yeah, we no. just brought inner and outer into here.
1: Yeah, and then, that's, that's more for me to try to think of a conceptual framework in which we can understand the use of the, you know, the first two uses of the law. And I think what you're, it seems to me that what you're getting at is um, the problem of logical priority. Um, right. In that for... Sounds are <laughs> um, <laughs> to We have to get our order ordo correct here. It. Yeah. But isn't it just such that... um...
2: Ordo. (laughs) It is ordo.
1: It is ordo. Which is why Luther didn't go
2: there. He just says, the first use of the law is for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's for the just ordering of society. Yeah. Um, For all. Yeah. Believers and unbelievers alike. It's not inner and outer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair
2: to say, though, as you suggested and asked us, is there a system of thought that luther has now developed through everything we've read so far <laughs> in the course of his life is there a way in which he's thinking about inner and outer man active and past expression his first and second as well i think it's fairly consistent now yeah but if you really want to draw theology which of course is why we're here i love Bayer's way of describing what makes a human a human becomes a human when he hears the justifying word justifying God as a sinner. And so to become human, which has to happen before you have an outer man, you have to be justified. And so if you were looking for a system in which to sort of pull Luther into it, because Luther didn't do it himself, I just would stop short of saying the first use of the law is for the outer man, because that evokes an understanding of what Luther meant by that, and that's only after... The outer man has in fact become a human to hear the word, Pam The unregenerate haven't heard that word. There is no outer man, therefore, in Luther's strict word. Is that right? I don't, out until yesterday, I'd forgotten about inner and outer man in Luther. I was like,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. I don't
2: think in that category.
1: Yeah, and this is, I mean, and just to say again, this is me trying to, we're trying to just find a framework for thinking of these things together. Um,
0: when we think about
1: inner and outer man in terms of active and passive righteousness, of course, passive comes first. Like right, we have no active. Righteousness. There is no true active righteousness um, that counts for for the Christian. Um, there, the, you know, any unbeliever can have a kind of civil righteousness, um, but it's not in this sense that we're talking about. Um, but that distinction, I think, that that priority of passive, overactive. We can leave that there, I think, and say when we come to the first use of the law, it reigns over you and your members as the outer person. Um, And then the second use of the law comes in to strike the inner man and show that they are dead and in bondage to sin. Um, And it's only in that work of restraining and then breaking the heart um, that the gospel comes in to... Enliven the inner man, as it were.
2: Is that.? Is that... Oh, I agree with all that. Yep. Okay.
0: I agree with it. He doesn't really say the word, the phrase, inner man or outer mm. man mm-hmm. in the Galatians commentary at all. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So the these heart? are things we're reading in rather yeah. than taking from yeah. what he's saying.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to just follow some clues here and there um, where he does talk about the heart or. Um, the, our life, before the world, sort of, corum
0: mundo, kind of questions. Maybe more accurate to say outer sins, inner sins, inner sin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think as long as we um, keep the relationship between those two things, um, in that the outer sins are issuing forth from the inner sin,
0: yeah,
1: um, and it's only in light of. Knowing the inner sin that we can truly un- even understand the outer, um, it's not the other way
2: around. Right. Heart language. I like you mean, yeah. First use of the law never touches the heart. It bridle[s] the members, mm-hmm. the mouth, the arms, the legs. Yeah. It doesn't touch the heart. That's what I'm meaning. It is yeah. not a word like a hammer which crushes the heart, yeah. So, yeah. into pieces. I just borrowed two, two books. But.
1: Yeah. Well. I think, I think we've come to a sort of place of coherence there in putting those two things together. Um, the question that we have to go to is what is happening on page
0: 147. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.